A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Time to get you dialed into the biggest stories of the day. This is the Daily 10 with Matt Chernoff. All right, everybody, here we go. It's time for the Tuesday edition of the Daily 10. Your friend Matt back again, and we're ready to take you on our 10-minute sports journey together today. Here's what's coming up on our Rhodes Group rundown. It's all brought to us by the Rhodes Group. So if you need the assistance of an independent insurance agent, know the Rhodes Group has got your back. As insurance rates continue rising, and if you don't believe me, go check out the rates. They are not slowing down. It's so important that for you and your family, you're getting at least 10 insurance quotes. 10. Not one or two, but 10 to make sure your independent insurance agency is shopping for the best possible home and car insurance rates. Otherwise, you're going to spend hours doing it yourself, and the likelihood is you'll make a mistake that you'll regret. It also comes with peace of mind. The Rhodes Group will help you come up with the comprehensive collision coverage you need. Uninsured motorists, third-party liability, all the things that you know about and you've heard of but you might mess up. Well, the independent insurance agency I work with with the Rhodes Group will make sure the policy is done right. They'll make it super easy, no cost out of your pocket. We have a landing page set up where you can get the 10 home and car insurance quotes in just 10 minutes. Go to Rhodes-Group.com slash churnoff. That's R-H-O-A-D-S, Rhodes dashgroup.com slash churnoff or call and they'll do the 10 quotes over the phone lickety split in no time at 678-341-9667 we'll talk about georgia heading to tennessee as they bring their undefeated machine on the road to knoxville coming up this saturday afternoon at 3 30 and i want to discuss uh, discuss a georgia coach who's having a hell of a season which is shocking to some of y'all but it really shouldn't be Plus, the Falcons are at a bye, which is good news for Falcon fans. You don't have to have your Sunday (laughs) ruined by some fourth quarter punch in the face by an opponent. And I'll be very clear, if the Falcons don't make these changes now, it will have a serious effect on them for years to come. And we'll talk about the hot stove. It's really heating up. It didn't take long for a Braves rumor involving Shohei Otani, plus another big pitcher being connected to the Braves. We'll cover that in a moment. As Georgia gets ready to head to Tennessee on Saturday, the Dogs are a 10.5-point favorite against the Vols. At one point in the year, this was billed as the game of the year. Georgia's held up their end of the bargain. Tennessee is not coming off a performance against Missouri that is not exactly going to have Josh Heupel and Vols fans in a good mood. For Georgia, they're coming off yet another offensive performance where they just they dominated. They put up a 50-burger again, this time against Ole Miss. And for Georgia fans, you should kind of be getting used to seeing what this offense is doing. It's the second time this season Georgia's put up 50-plus. The offense has been on quite a roll over the last five games. The Dogs are averaging nearly 43 points a game over those five. They're averaging 40.6 points per game this season. The Mike Bobo offense is pretty much a juggernaut at this point. Now they're healthy. Brock Bowers is back. Lad McConkie is not only back, but he's thriving. Kendall Milton had an explosion the other day. If he stays healthy, we know what the Edwards-Milton combo in the backfield will look like. Not to mention the depth of weapons from Dominic Lovett to Ra-Ra Thomas to Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint. All the things that we've talked about for weeks and weeks. 
but just how specifically good has the Mike Bobo offense been? Well, Trent Smallwood break, uh, broke it down with these numbers. Georgia's offense is number six nationally in scoring. They're sixth nationally in pass offense. They're fifth national, uh, nationally in total offense. They're number 15 in red zone conversions, which that's the only thing. And again, if you're going to nitpick, imagine how scary it could be if this offense became a top 10 red zone offense and they were just a little more efficient there. They're also number one nationally in third down conversion, and that's such a big deal for obvious reasons. Georgia was five for eight on third down this past Saturday against Ole Miss. What's even crazier than going five of eight is the fact that Georgia only had eight third down opportunities. That's how efficient the offense was. For the Dogs this season, they have 62 plays of more than 20 yards. That's seventh nationally. They have 18 plays of over 40 yards. That's sixth in America. And this isn't the first time a Mike Bobo offense has averaged at least 40 a game. Now, keep in mind, Georgia offenses in the history of the program have only averaged 40 points a game two times, and they're trending towards a third. This will be the second time a Mike Bobo offense has done it. The Dogs scored over 40 points a game in Bobo's last season in 2014 before he left the first time, and right now again trending to do it for a second time. The only other time it happened was a year ago with Todd Munkin. So two out of three times Mike Bobo's offenses have been the reason Georgia has gone north of 40. I only bring this up because there was so much noise around Mike Bobo when he came back as the OC, and so many people were not letting go of what they believed was the Mike Bobo offense of the past, even though we told them they scored 40 a game his last season as an assistant at Georgia in 2014. It didn't matter. People were dug in, and they were not going to relent. But that talk has gotten very quiet for obvious reasons. Georgia has a dominant pass game with Carson Beck, weapons all over the field, two healthy running backs now, an offensive line that's getting healthier by the day. And not only are they the favorite to win the championship again, I think that gap is starting to widen between whoever you would consider the second-best team in America right now. And while Georgia's defense has their hand in that, the biggest side of the ball that is dominated for Georgia continues to be the offense. We'll see what they could do on the road in Knoxville on Saturday at 3.30 against the Tennessee Volunteers. We'll talk about the Falcons on a bye and whether or not these changes are coming anytime soon. And if they're not coming, the effect that could have on this franchise for years to come. We'll talk about it in a moment after I brag on our friends at the Daily Draft in downtown Woodstock. And for good reason, I'm bragging. Sean Daly and his outfit, they do such a good job. It's a two-story sports bar experience you're going to love. Right in the heart of downtown Woodstock, surrounded by bars, restaurants, nightlife. In the heart of it, there's the Daily Draft. Now, if you're in downtown Woodstock, duh, you're right next door. But if you're in Roswell, Milton, Alpharetta, Canton, Kennesaw, you're so close to the Daily Draft. Check it out. Do it tonight. Do it this weekend. You'll love the craft beer bar options, the self-serve taps on the beer wall, a brand new menu they just rolled out, the best big screen in the burbs that I brag about. There's so much to love at the Daily Draft. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram to keep up with all the goings on at the draft or check out their website for menu info at thedailydraft.net. Go see them downtown Woodstock today. So yesterday here on the podcast and on the radio, I talked about the fact that I would have made the coaching change if I was Arthur Blank, that not because I'm reactive to what happened Sunday, but the body of work now after 44 games for Arthur Smith is an offense that just is not working. It's not a lack of weapons. They've invested a ton of draft capital. You know that story. It's not about an offensive line that they haven't invested in. You've got a left tackle and a right tackle and a guard that were first-round picks, a high second-round pick in Bergeron. So all the things you could want are there. And the guy holding the play sheet was – well thought of when he came in from Tennessee, but it just hasn't worked. The Falcon offense, 
over the last three years has averaged 19.7 points a game. It's not good enough. I saw some numbers from Camarino on Arthur Smith in year number three and Terry Fontenot. The Falcons with a four and six record after 10 games, which is, that's damning. When you play this easy of a schedule in this division, spent that much money this offseason, you have the same record as you did a year ago, that's a big problem. But the Falcons are 24th ranked in offensive DVOA. They're 21st in average scoring margin, 26th in touchdowns per game, 27th in giveaways per game, 31st in turnover margin. You know what that does? That lessens your opportunity to be successful week after week. And it mitigates the fact that you spent three top 10 picks on offense and you have the offensive line stability and a guy with a play sheet that's supposed to be a difference maker. And I'll be clear, no matter how many, how many wins or losses they have to finish the rest of this season, it's not going to change my opinion. I don't just do this off wins or losses. You can watch the team. You can watch your coach. You can watch what they've done in 44 games and kind of know what they are. There's a chance the Falcons come out after the buy and beat New Orleans. And then they're five and crappy six and they lead the crappy NFC South. Doesn't change my opinion. If they happen to slip into the playoffs with eight wins, which might happen in this division, it doesn't change my opinion. But the Falcons might tell you everything's fine here. We're good. Arthur Smith has had 44 games worth of four different quarterbacks, one of them named Matt Ryan, to get this right. And to average 19.7 points per game in those three seasons, to average less than 19 a game with Matt Ryan in his first season, it's just it's not going to work. It happens in football. It's happened too much to this franchise. It's happened repeatedly with the head coaching choices, and yes, that's a problem. But when the owner does not make the move and he stands pat, this has an effect on the future, not just the rest of the season. The same reason it took Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot a couple of years to try to even fix the mess left by Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov is because Arthur Blank waited too long to make the move. See, what happens is when you leave a potentially hot seat head coach in place, same thing with the GM, they make their picks and sign the players that fit their timeline and their scheme. And then sometimes they make sort of desperate decisions to save their own jobs. And the next regime is left to pick up the pieces. And that next regime might be left to pick up the pieces of this group. Do you think the next coaching staff is going to be bullish over Richie Grant or Arnold Ebiketti, two second-round picks? Do you think the next regime is going to want the Jake Matthews contract? Or if this team gives A.J. Terrell a long-term? I don't know, but cutting ties now before this regime does what's best for them instead of what's best for the franchise is the best decision possible. We've lived this before. We saw it with Quinn. We saw it with Dimitrov. They just kept pushing money back. They kept making bad financial decisions. And part of it was to save their jobs. And in essence, Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot just had to eat the bad money for two years. They had to work with a depleted amount of salary cap space, and it hurt them. Now, they've made their own share of mistakes. Don't get me wrong. They haven't been good in the draft. They haven't taken advantage of the draft capital. All those things, that's on them. So yesterday, I would have announced that Jerry Gray is the interim head coach. He's been an interim coach before. Dave Ragone is your play caller. Ryan Nielsen's the defensive coordinator, and we move along. I would have also announced that Rich McKay was being relieved of his duties. I would have told the Falcon fan it's unacceptable where we are, considering the expectation, what we've added, the money, all of it. And we're going to have a new set of eyes now as the president of football operations, who by the time the coaching search begins, he will have vetted everything and he'll be in charge of making the decision. Instead, Arthur Blank's going to sit back, be passive. They won't make a decision on Arthur Smith's future. I think he'll be employed the rest of the season and it will delay the process and hurt the next regime, which ended up hurting Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot the same way last time around. There's nobody learning from mistakes in Flowery Branch, which is 
it's a big disappointment. All right, let's talk about the Braves before we wrap up the pod today. As the hot stove gets hotter by the day, it took like five minutes into the offseason for a Shohei Otani Braves rumor. This came from John Morosi that Shohei Otani is reportedly intrigued, in quotes, intrigued by the possibility of playing for the Braves. That sounds great. And I'm sure the Braves would be intrigued of having Otani play for them if Shohei would agree to sign a eight-year deal at $22 million a year. <laughs> I'm sure they would love it. Instead, Shohei's going to sign a 10-year deal worth about 400 total at about 40 a year. That's most likely going to be with the Dodgers. And I'm not trying to be a wet blanket. I would love Shohei Otani. Who wouldn't? Nobody would argue against the player. It doesn't fit the, the Braves' philosophy. It doesn't fit how they go about building their team. And it just hasn't been something that Alex Anthopoulos has shown us in the last couple of years. So that one would be impossible. Don't even waste time on it. It's fun to read, but just whatever. The other report came from Ken Rosenthal that the Braves have a willingness to spend on free agent pitchers. He writes, one of the remarkable things about the Braves is none of their players signed long-term deals with salaries more than $22 million, but for the right starting pitcher and free agency, the Braves are willing to go higher. And I believe that. I believe they're willing to do a two- or three-year deal with a a veteran free agent pitcher like a Sonny Gray like an Aaron Nola like a Marcus Stroman but I don't believe they're doing a five or six or seven year deal I believe philosophically not because they can't afford it I just don't believe philosophically you're going to see Alex Anthopoulos do that now maybe pivots and this is the the change in Alex I wouldn't expect it so I think it's more likely that a Marcus Stroman is in their sights I think it's more likely one of these trade candidates Corbin Burns um, Tyler Glassnile, like those are more realistic than Aaron Nola at six years and $150 million. If the Braves were willing to give a veteran pitcher that kind of long-term deal, wouldn't they have done it for Max Fried or do it for Max instead of Aaron Nola? So I don't believe it. I think the Braves will vet Aaron Nola. I think they'll look into it. And if he's willing to sign a three-year deal with an option for their money, yes, they'll sign Aaron Nola. That's not realistic, and that's not what's going to happen. But these rumors are going to be out there during Hot Stove League, so have fun with it. Uh, if you guys would have the fun of hitting the subscribe button wherever it is you get your podcast, and this little dandy will be waiting for you each and every day around 10 a.m. It'll be waiting in your feed, guaranteed. I will talk to you on the radio later this afternoon at 2 o'clock in Atlanta on 680 The Fan. We're back here tomorrow for the next edition of The Daily 10. Subscribe to The Daily 10 now and get the latest breaking news and biggest stories of the day every morning. Get more at 680thefan.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you get your favorite shows. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
Hey, Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today, accentroofingservice.com. 